Hey. Yeah, you know, you, you said you said three, two, one, and still it caught me a little bit. <laughs> why would I? Why would I be like that, right? Oh, you know, so, element uh, of surprise. I, I must be a little rusty. It's been a it's been a couple of weeks. It, it like it's been a couple of weeks, but also Travis, it has been a couple of weeks. A couple long weeks, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, boy, boy, you know that. You, you know the the last few years. In the last few years, there's kind of like an undercurrent of people say like, man, 2019 just won't stop or 2018 really coming to get you. And it's usually centered around like celebrity deaths. Right. And that whole like wave that started kind of going about, boy, 2020, like that, that, that is the realist. <laughs> 2020 is not messing around. We were all naive. Like 20, 2018, 2019 was uh, Vincent Vega and uh, Jules. And they both, you know, got into a little bit of, a little bit of stuff. 2020 is the wolf. It is Winston Wolf. <laughs> well, the wolf needs it to is, clean it up. That's all I it know. It is no nonsense. No, I, <laughs> no, I, I guess 2020, 2020 is the kid they shot in the back of the car. <laughs> and they oh, need, they what's need, that guy's they need name? Winston Wolf. I can't remember uh, the character. It's been a. He's a voice actor. Like, oh, is he? Yeah, he does voices on Futurama. Oh, what is his oh, name? Um, um, uh, Lamar something. Yeah. Phil Lamar. Phil Lamar. Phil Lamar. Yes. That's who that is. <laughs> yeah. I don't think I ever knew that. Yeah. That's who that, that's who okay. gets shot in the back. <laughs> <laughs> Cause well, they hit a bump. A minute. <laughs> it has been, I, I really love Pulp Fiction. It's been a little while like that. And Travis, I know we, I know we differ on this. I have not watched Jackie Brown or Pulp Fiction in a while. I'll I feel, have to. I feel very strongly about. Uh, I'll give Jack. I'll give Jackie Brown another try because I lo- like so much of uh, the other things that Tarantino has done, and maybe I guess it's it's possible that I was just not in the mood for Jackie Brown the two times that I've tried to watch it. So I'll, I'll know, give it another go. We'll see what happens. You know, I I feel like I think I know. So okay, I, I'm getting a little ahead of myself. I think when I think about Jackie Brown, I think about the chemistry between Robert Forrester and Pam Greer. And that kind of is mm. what, like, that's going to be the stuff that when I watch, like probably Robert, you know, I'm not even going to say, I was going to say Robert Forrester specifically, but I'm looking at a picture of Pam Greer now and I'm like, no, no, Pam Greer is quite the equal to that, that energy, uh, like that talent in that movie. So I might watch it again and go, Oh, the stuff happening outside of the story. Okay. I get, I get why there's some, a little bit of you know butt bendedness <laughs> on this uh but i i'm sure every time that robert forrester and pam Grier are on screen i'll just be like okay this is this is one of my favorite movies of all time i think that movie is the root of me not liking robert de niro oh yeah i think you told me about that <laughs> yeah i don't like what he does uh, to uh uh what's her name uh bridget fonda in yeah. that movie yeah I will say, I will say, I, I have a specific memory of him and Bridget Fonda, but not much beyond that. <laughs> so I, it, it deals with like some tippy toes. Yeah, um, there's, there's that, but regardless. there's also, he, he shoots her to death in, in a parking lot. So I was not a oh. fan of that. So yeah. anyway, I saw Pam Grier in I, something recently. I'm not going to really, uh, talk too much oh. about it today, but, uh, she's in, uh, I saw the the escape from movies. Let's just put it that way. I'll be talking about those maybe next week. Oh yeah. Week. Oh boy. <laughs> uh, <laughs> she's she's I, in the sequel. I'm, I'm looking forward to it, and I might make some time. 
I might make some time this week to watch them both. Like, because it's, as, you know, my memory is a, my memory is a, a jumble. They're but both on really, uh, Amazon prime. If you're interested. Oh, I'd like, I'd like to, I know I really like escape from New York and I'm sure I would again, because that that's the Pam Greer one. No, um, no, she's no? in escape from LA. Is she not? I'm mistaking her with Ernest Borgnine, aren't I? <laughs> yeah, I always get those two confused. I, yeah, <laughs> that, one, that one really gets you every time. But you what? I have a distinct memory. I'm sure it's some other 70s movie that's like nighttime and she's lit poorly. Maybe she's in it for a minute because he knows her in the in the sequel. We'll get to it later. I just don't I'll, remember I, her I'll, in the first one. I'll I'll probably watch them both and we can talk about it next week because I, I also know that watching Escape from L.A., would be I. I think I saw Escape from L.A. before I saw Escape from New York, and Escape from L.A. is a profoundly strange movie. Yeah, yeah, especially they're very different. Especially when you take Escape to New York and like uh, an interesting comparison. I think that I'm just rolling with is the difference between Escape from New York and Escape from L.A. feels almost like the difference between like say Evil Dead and Army of Darkness. Yeah, yeah. There, um, you, it definitely gets more campy and ridiculous. The, I mean, they they do both have Bruce Campbell, mm-hmm. but uh, it it just feels like one was being taken. It's like they're almost two film genres. Just, <laughs> Escape from L.A. is extremely campy. Yeah, I mean, there was quite a, there was like at least like a ten or twelve year difference in between the two of them. Yes, too. yes. There also is a a wide berth there. And the the. So. Not to get too far into it, but the first movie has so many talented actors in it, and the second one has a few, but they're they're definitely not used correctly. We're talking so, about anyway. the black hole zone, Ernest Borgnine. Yeah, indeed, he's a he's a taxi driver. <laughs> oh, I, I one of one of the many characters in the lane of that guy is. I don't know. I guess I haven't seen enough Ernest Borgnine. The ones that I can think of, it feels like. Ernest Borgnine just showed up to set and everybody loved him. They said, just, just be lovable Ernest Borgnine. I can't believe he was still alive a couple years ago. <laughs> oh boy. One of the things I talk about, uh, who was it that showed up? No, was it him? Boy, someone that I didn't know was still alive showed up in it. I need a minute to think about that. I got to look up some stuff. So go ahead and vamp. Okay. Well, we're going to introduce a little bit. Uh, we're going to try out a new format. A little bit. We're going to try it out this week. We're gonna, Just to keep things a little structured, because I, I tend to, to go off in the weeds a little bit, and uh, the things we're going to talk about, we, we seem to never get to. So, uh, we've made a decision. We're going to start, we're going to talk about three things that we thought were cool each, and then one thing that we thought was lame each. And we'll still get to, like, new stuff, three and cool we'll still we'll still chit-chat. I like the drool, actually. That's a, that's a good line. I, I've heard that about you. <laughs> and, uh, you know, we'll still get off in the weeds a little bit too, but we're, we're going to have a little bit more structure going forward. Yeah, you so. are, you are most, most deaf going to have to pull me back in. Okay. I found out who it was. All right. Anyway, well, go baby, go baby, go, go baby, go. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you're not going to, you're not going to tell us who the surprise is, who you thought was dead oh, that well, isn't. You know what? I'll just talk. I'll just start with uh, something. Uh, so the HBO Max opened up mm. uh, in the recent, and some of the things that because it's got just huge. It's like got, you know, it's got all the studio. Well, a, a fair amount of Studio Ghibli stuff, oh, uh, tons yeah. of HBO stuff. It's got Turner Classic Movies, and the thing that I zeroed in on was uh, the DC stuff, in particular, uh, the show Doom Patrol 
was made available through HBO Max, which I've, I've always had a, you know, like kind of looking into that. I had a, you know, we, we talked about on the show, just a, there was a little bit of a fascination of it, it definitely felt like, okay, you know, they're, they're trying to establish sort of a, this is DC's guardians of the galaxy. <laughs> and, and, and to a lot of degrees it is. And it actually does. Mm-hmm. It actually does write one of the things that I have a problem with a, like a Guardians of the Galaxy, because one of the things Guardians of the Galaxy tries to establish is, I know we're a bunch of losers, but together we can beat, you know, God level, these God level threats. And the thing about Guardians of the Galaxy is none of those characters ever feel even close to being a loser. You have Star Lord, who is a master thief, also part God. Mm-hmm. You have a raccoon that can basically make any kind of killing machine in minutes. You have a sentient tree monster who is just lethal as hell, followed by Batista, followed by the deadliest woman in the known universe. And they never, it never makes a strong case. Like it, it, it ultimately it doesn't really matter, but they, they do always kind of try to paint that, that um, group as, ah, these are the loser guys. Like, we don't got to worry about him. They're the losers. I always thought and of them as underdogs even, more than losers. But they're not even that. Yeah, you know, they're underachievers. Each one of them, each one of them is Except for extremely Gamora. capable. Yeah. Each one. Of, now, Doom Patrol starts rolling that very early of, oh, this is just a bunch of losers. But it, I think it does very well at it does very well at these people are all broken, dysfunctional, um, <clears throat> dysfunctional people who don't want to face their problems, who um, mostly just want to hide from the world. Uh, you know, like uh, the show, there are probably, I would say, three characters who kind of, eh, maybe that's not, maybe that's even like, there isn't a super clear protagonist. Like it focuses a lot on the Brendan Fraser character, robot man, the super depressed brain in a robot body. It focuses a lot on crazy Jane, the multiple personality character. It focuses a lot on, uh, you know, on the negative man. It, it actually focuses a lot on all the characters. So whereas like, like I said, like a, a guardian of the galaxy, star Lord is really, really very much the protagonist and you get a lot of Gamora action. And then below that, there are more secondary characters like, you know, cause we, we never even got, we never even got the, uh, the full backstory on like rocket. That's heavily implied to do some sort of science experiment. Didn't we? No, we never did. I wonder if that's yeah, coming up I mean, in the third like, one. In that first movie, when they're delousing him, you can see a bunch of like bolts and stuff in the back of his head and they don't really, they don't really, you know, uh, go into that any. Maybe they'll go looking for his father and find out that it was also Kurt Russell. No, I am. <laughs> I am really sure the next Guardians of the Galaxy is the search for Spock, but Gamora. I hey, really feel like that's going to be it. Let me ask you this about Doom Patrol. How long does it take for them to all like find each other and team up? Um. So it, when the show starts, it esta- it's established that two of the characters. Because it's also it's also kind of um, Doom Patrol is kind of um, uh, like dollar store X Men. Like, what if the X Men, but they, you know, they're they're not the shiningest of teams. So you have two characters who are already at the uh, dollar store X Mansion uh, when where you're introduced to, 
like it, it, the beginning of it revolves around robot man waking up pretty much. Uh, no, actually three characters are already there. Now that I think about three characters are already there. And then a couple episodes in is when uh, uh, cyborg shows up, which even, even cyborg, they do a pretty good job establishing uh, that, that character very much struggling with yeah. who he is. Um, so, you know, you got you got the the great cast. Brendan Fraser is so much fun in it. Good. The only the only knock against it, I would really say, is, and this is something because we talked about. I got to see a couple episodes of the the Harley Quinn, which I was wholly unprepared for how adult that is. Oh yeah, yeah. It's so super violent and lots and lots of f bombs and other things. I did not. <laughs> I and don't get me wrong. I the couple episodes I was I was giggling it's yeah it was fun a lot of fun and um just shout out for what a brilliant turn they've done with like jim gordon the little bit that i saw of it uh, yeah but he also, was just kind of a bumbling idiot from from what i've seen so far a, in there he's he's not a bumbling idiot actually i think it's a brilliant take on that if jim gordon was really the way that they kind of paint jim gordon in these movies and comics is like he would be a wreck he would be paranoid. He would be disheveled. He would be like sleep deprived and kind of just, yeah. So, but regardless of that, um, a slight knock for me against Doom Patrol is a lot of, a lot of kind of um, adjacent swearsies of like people calling things like a douche nozzle or just like the F word, but also like a, like a knuckle or a, or a pint, you know, just, I don't know. It feels weird to listen to some of the, um, the vulgarity where it feels like, like, look, you just could have said the one word. Yeah. You're, yeah. you're putting extra effort into finding a, an out of the way. It's, it, it's like, it's like having a bubble, but for vulgarity. I know watching the, the Harley Quinn cartoon, it was weird hearing the Joker say the F word. And I know if the Joker was a real character in real life, of course he would use that word, but it was just, it was like, uh, all right, well, I I think the Joker stands on his own. He didn't really need that to make him more menacing or more entertaining. And I'm not even one of those people that are like, Oh, I can't, the F word. It's so offensive. I can't, I, I, I don't care about that. It was just weird in that context. You know what I mean? Well, I think, uh, Harley Quinn, what I got out of it was it takes, uh, cause again, I, I think I, I, I think I knew going into it that it was going to be adult. I just didn't know it was going to be going that hard. Yeah, it was super, adult. <laughs> but, it, but even at that, you, there's, there's, um, you have to take some time of it. There, there's like a period of adjustment to get, to realize just like the Jim Gordon character of like, Oh no, we're taking these. Like the Joker is the Joker is a shitty boyfriend. He tries yeah. to gaslight her. He does. He tries to neg her. He, you know, he's, you know, things that they've explored elsewhere of he was never in love with her. He's in love with Batman. <laughs> She's just a, a tool beyond that. Like th- th- it's a period of adjustment of realizing, no, they're, you know, like the, the way they do Bane in it, that he's, you know, it's just, it's just that. Of, oh, I haven't gotten to Bane yet. Know. Oh yeah. He was uh, regardless I mean, now any Bane that they do is just like Doug Benson's version of uh, the Dark Knight Rises <laughs> Bane. Hmm. But uh, so it's it's anyway, good. You, you enjoyed it. Tra- I'm already off track. Doom Patrol. I'm quite enjoying it. Good. Uh, such a stacked cast. 
Uh, Alan Tudyk is by far the superstar of it. Like, and who's he playing? He is he is playing Mister Nobody, the big villain of the oh, he's the bad the first guy. Season. All right, and he is he is so like I, I'm just I'm really impressed by how like all in on the character he is. Um, it's a fun show. It does a good job. Like, it does a good job on cashing in on a bunch of broken people who eventually do rise above their circumstances um i can't wait and i think season two is not too far off i don't i guess i gotta imagine it's not going to be a part of the uh, part of uh, hbo max right away and I'm, I'm still not sold on the dc unlimited stuff but i will say the dc unlimited my son got a subscription to it so i get to mooch off of his subscription which is pretty rad that's one good thing about having your kids get older uh, but you can you can actually watch comics on it. You yeah. can you can either yeah, have it play so it like it plays each little frame and you read it and it goes through, or you can just manually hit the button and go through. And it's got a pretty good sized uh, um, library to go through, which is kind of cool. Yeah, I imagine so. I was on the uh, I had a subscription to the Marvel version of that for a year or two and. That stuff's really fun. I'm just kind of, you know, I'm not in a place where I'm super big on. I I, I, I wouldn't really be reading comics a lot right now. Yeah, I don't love digital comics. And I don't, maybe it, it's definitely just me because some people love it. But yeah, yeah it's, it's not the same thing. Physical, uh, I was big on physical comics for a few years. And that stuff just, it's so expensive. And oh, yeah. It piles up on you that like the, the the digital stuff was just like okay i can i'm mostly just here to consume this content and consume these stories and i think it was like 50 dollars a year is a really uh a really livable expense yeah that's not too not too shabby so that's your your first cool that is a uh, cool is number a one cool cool with a bullet all right, my, mine's going to be controversial. I think my my cool oh. number one. Yeah, <laughs> okay. I can't wait. I, uh, Travis, you can't see it, but I'm doing the whole like rubbing my hands together, like I'm making a a Play-Doh snake motion. <laughs> so th- this is something that for some reason within the last I don't know few weeks has been on. It's on every platform I think right now, and it's something I never saw. It's 12 years old. I always put it off, but I was like, I need to laugh at something. I'm just going to watch this and we'll see what happens. It's Don't Mess with the Zohan by (laughs) Adam Sandler. (laughs) I can't. Travis, I I don't have any knowledge of Don't Mess with the Zohan. So I can't really argue with you or agree with you. (laughs) It's absurdly stupid. It really is. It's really dumb. He's he's some sort of uh, spy for the... um, Israeli government and he's amazing. Everything he does, he does perfectly without any effort. He can swim like a dolphin. He can, he can jump on top of buildings. He's amazing. But the only thing he really wants to do is go to America and become a hairdresser. So he, he meets his arch nemesis, uh, John Turturro, who is like, uh, you know, he's the complete opposite of the coin of the Zohan. And, I do like John Turturro a lot. Yeah, he, and he's pretty funny in it. And uh, Zohan kind of fakes his own death. And Turturro's guy thinks he wins. So he goes to America, tries to get a job at Paul Mitchell, because he had a Paul Mitchell book 
from like the 80s and he thought that was the definitive book on haircuts so that's the only haircuts he knew how to do <laughs> is like 80s uh, feathered hair <laughs> but it, it's it's like so I dumb rob schneider's TV in it it's like that it really not, is not the hairdresser necessarily mm-hmm. but like a a trained killer like i it's kind um, of like Barry. Barry is, <laughs> Barry is almost like that. Yeah. A little bit. Yeah. Did we, I, just, did we just say that at the exact same time? Yeah, pretty much. So uh, the glad. dumb the dumb thing about the Zohan is he he keeps hooking up with these old ladies. He cuts their hair and and they become like attracted to him. They can't they can't help themselves and he he gives him a happy ending basically and it's just so dumb but it made me it made me giggle it really is stupid at the end of course all of all the the people come together you got the israelis and the palestinians and all these other uh people from that area of the world that don't get along and here in america they realize we're all the same we all need to stick together and the bad guy in the movie is michael buffer the ring announcer which is (laughs) is, is also ridiculous but it it, it, it again i'm it's stupid but it it did make me laugh it was it was just that kind of silly adam sandler movie that you can just watch and not really care much about but it'll still make you laugh so yeah. it's it's it literally is streaming on everything so you know give it a, give it a try if you like that's my that's my cool number one there you go i feel like i i always uh for some reason, don't mess with the Zohan and Drillbit Taylor get <laughs> mixed up in my head. Yeah, I haven't seen um, that one either. I'll have to give that one a try. Don't mess with the uh, Zohan. Trav, I'm going to transition into a, a drool. A drool? Because, Ooh, like, wow. I'm, I'm going to be, Travis, I'm going to be vulnerable with you. Okay. To be honest. I had a pretty great week of consuming things. And, nice. Uh, like, Entertainment news due to due to the truest of drools that we're you know we're we all know what the truest of drools is currently so you know it's it's not a real fun it's not a real fun topic right right so so due to due to the two very 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 droolish things going on a lot of entertainment news is largely at a standstill mm-hmm. so so like there's not a there's not a ton to talk about but also like. I mean, with with like HBO Max opening up, and a few other things opening up, like I'm just there's just been a dearth of really good things to watch or mess around with. So the only drool I could really there there were two drools we talked about, but I'll I'll stick with the the drool that I was going to talk about is like I want more of the DC Unlimited stuff on HBO Max, like Doom Patrol being kind of the only with, with the, there's some children's programming on there that might be part of DC Unlimited. I don't know. It's just that stuff's not really for me. Like mm-hmm. I think there's like some Supergirl stuff. That's that's just not really for me, and that's fine. Is it Supergirl or Star Girl? I uh, might either. Oh no, Star Girl. I think is the the actual like live action one. I was saying there was some animated stuff, or maybe oh, who knows? Maybe the animated okay. one, Star Girl as well. I just like I said, that stuff's not that's not for me. That's not right. for you know Grandpa Grandpa Jake, Grampy Jake. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, by the way, did we even? Didn't we introduce the show that people have to know? No, the I don't, I don't think we did. Yeah, it's late to the party with Travis Tate. I'm Jake. Hey, I'm Travis Tate, and the intro was uh, late to the party. <laughs> I'm always so bad with that. That's but, uh, fine. No, like the closest thing to a drool I could really come up with is like 
I really, I really want to watch more of, um, of Harley Quinn. Mm-hmm. I really, I really want to watch Swamp Thing because I had heard it's good, and I, I kind of want to watch something that, that kind of had the legs cut out from the, you know, the green mossy legs cut out from <laughs> under it. And for what it's worth, I want to see, I want to watch F Batman the TV show, and I, I want it, I want it to be something that I can watch and just look at the. I want to watch it and just go, ah, get out of here. <laughs> I want to watch all of it and have it be as dumb and kind of what I, I want it to be that Travis. So I'm w- sorry, Titans, please, please be bad for me. Titans. But I, <laughs> I can't do that until it comes to HBO max. And hopefully you, you told me stuff's going to be rotated around. I didn't, you know, I guess I know it with all streaming services, especially, you know, time that I spent with HBO, you know, the HBO now that, Stuff rotates in and out, just like it always has with HBO. I just didn't, I didn't consider that that stuff was going to be in motion that quickly. Other than, yeah, th- you know, HBO produced content. Right. Well, I mean, they're going to have things that they're trying to get licenses for that are going to rotate in and out. You'd think the things that they own, like the DC stuff, the Looney Tunes stuff, you'd think that would be their staples that are always going to be there. So it's weird that they're going to rotate that stuff out like a month into it. <laughs> I don't understand the is, thought process uh, there, but it kind of seems like is they're Disney, is Disney plus doing any kind of rotating like that with yeah. like say their star Wars or their Marvel stuff. Yeah. They're, they're rotating some stuff in. They didn't start with everything. And I think uh, a few things have dropped out. I'm not really keeping up on it, but I've heard yeah. a few things here and there, but, curious, but I, I think the more you have there like, all the time, the more you're going to sell subscriptions. You know what I mean? Disney really coined the vault, so it wouldn't surprise me that they do that with their streaming content, too. I think what they're doing with the Warner Brothers stuff, or uh, the DC stuff specifically, is I think they maybe they want to give people a taste of what's on the DC Unlimited and see if they can also sell subscriptions to that. And then, I don't know, maybe if, maybe if that doesn't work, they'll just kind of mold it all in together and just go with one streaming format, Boy. but... You know, I really wish that maybe they're they going to give it a go. Uh, I don't know. I really wish they transitioned to like. Uh, <clears throat> I wish they transitioned to like that stuff being more widely for uh, the HBO stuff and like it. it generally, you know, had, it, I think a lot of it just comes from having been, you know, a part of the Marvel Unlimited for a while, um, where it feels so strange to be like, well, I bought this comic book thing, but they also make TV shows, right? And there is a lot of cool stuff on that DC Unlimited. You've got all the old classic cartoons. You've got uh, some of the old TV shows. I think eventually, because I know they've got to deal with Netflix now, so all of the DC TV stuff now is going to Netflix, and I think eventually they want to pull all that into DC Unlimited or HBO yeah. now. Poor, poor Netflix just can't catch a break of like all this <laughs> All this content that really brought mm-hmm. the people in. That they're like, no, we made our own thing. Can we have that back? Well, they've still got Supernatural, so yeah, they still got that. And like, so that's the other thing is like, I, um, uh, HBO Max has Big Bang Theory and Friends, which is a hu- a service for this huge population of people that I'm, I, I, I guess I don't want to I don't want to get down on them because it's <laughs> it's a lot of people, but I. 
I just do not, I do not relate to the type of person that's like, I need friends so that I can just put it on while I'm vacuuming. I, I genuinely enjoy friends and I, I maintain it's a well-written show. I, I really do. When I watch it, it, it makes me laugh. Uh, Big Bang Theory, on the other hand, I never enjoyed. I tried watching it for a year or two and I just couldn't, I couldn't get into it. I, I think it's, it's very predictive. Like I know the joke before they even say it. I know where the conversation's going to end when they're first starting it. There's no surprise. The writing is very basic. And uh, I'm told by a lot of people that they still would steal uh, stuff. <laughs> Let's just put it that way. They would steal material from, from comics, from uh, other people in entertainment. There's not a lot of originality going on there. If you love Big Bang Theory, I'm sorry. I always just thought it was a dog crap show. <laughs> That's just me. Well, um, Friends, like Friends is a comedic thing that uh, just like it, it zigged one way and comedic, like comedic taste wise, I zagged another way. Mm -hmm. And it just, it just did, it never landed with me. I think the thing that, I, that hurts friends is it always, it's always like, you know, the, the people that are like, you can like Star Trek or you can like Star Wars. I think it was a, you can like friends or you can like Seinfeld, but you can't like hmm. both for some reason. And I, I like both. They're very different shows. Actually. I don't think it's fair to compare one to the other. Oh, I th you know, I think that they are, I, I think that they're different shows and, Certainly you could like both, but I think that they also, I think that they also exhibit like kind of different, uh, senses of humor. Yeah. Oh yeah, and for I can, sure. I can see a place where one sense of humor just doesn't quite land with the other. <laughs> no, I know, get but it. My, my sense of humor, like there are definitely, there are definitely things that I think are hilarious or that I watch and I love and I'll maybe let let someone in my life have a taste of it and they, and they will just look at me and blankly, you know, eyes blinking and just be like, why, why do you like this? I never thought I would laugh at Adam Sandler squirting shampoo into his hand while he's shampooing an old woman's hair and the look on her face of pure joy would make me laugh, but it does. <laughs> it do. It did. So that was your lame. All right. I'm going to, I'm going to hit you with my lame or sorry, drool, my drool. <laughs> I'm going to hit you with my drool. I hope you're wearing a face shield. <laughs> hey, I'm going to go, I'm going to go space force the, the Netflix show. Oh yeah. I watched all nine episodes, watched it with my wife. Uh, it's just, it's very average. There's, <laughs> there's nothing spectacular about it. John Malkovich yeah. in it is really good. If you're a John Malkovich fan and you like his weird cadence and his weird character ticks that he does, this is very John Malkovich. -y. He's very good in it. Steve Carell's character is one minute. He's a, a complete moron. The other, he's this wise military man or this wise father. It, it's very, he, he's very inconsistent. All of the yeah, other characters, in other places. yeah. All of the other characters don't really make a lot of sense. His daughter, you're supposed to root for her, but she's pretty unlikable. Um, uh, I mean, there's there's a few people in there. Uh, Jimmy O. Yang, I met before he's on there. Uh, Roy Wood Jr., who I've opened for, is on there, 
And a buddy of mine, uh, he's from Logan, Utah, actually. Marty Archibald is in there in two different scenes. He's got little cameos. He's living in L.A. He's, he's doing a little acting work here and there. And it was cool to, to see him in there for a second. But the show itself is just... Because I, I, as soon as I saw Marty, I said, dude, I just saw you on Space Force. And he's like, I haven't seen it yet. What do you think? And I said, it's pretty okay. <laughs> that was my description of the show. It just had so much buildup uh, over the last year or so. And I thought it was going to be funny. The people that are involved in it are very funny. And it was, it was, it was very average. So I'm going to have to say it was a drool. Sorry, everybody. <laughs> You there? You still there, yeah, Jake? Yeah. Okay, okay. I, you know, I had not, uh, I had not heard super great things about Space Force. And it I seems just, like your take on it is kind of a general take. I just kept getting, saying maybe it's going to turn around. Maybe this is, and there's funny stuff here and there, but not enough to actually recommend somebody watch it. With the exception of John Malkovich, it's, it's below average. I would say he's the only thing that buoys it. All right, now it's your turn. Well, so last week, last week was a, a bit of a Christmas for me. Um, I had uh, so I'm I'm still furloughed. Wow, still I'm seeing I'm starting to see uh, delivery trucks around. Oh yeah, yeah, the, you know the the delivery trucks never stopped. <laughs> um, oh, the, I figured maybe they stopped going into people's houses. Oh, they did do that. The the delivery trucks definitely were going. Or they just leave it on the porch. (laughs) Your stuff is in the yard. (laughs) Pretty much, yeah. I had to get a, uh, during the early days of the uh, the lockdown, my fridge took a dump. And Mm. I needed to get a new fridge, and they just left it in front. Oh, wait, no, that's right. I went and picked it up. But yeah, they, (laughs) I'm, I'm. I'm talking about my poor, my problems. Like I, I didn't cause them, but no, they were, they were delivering and they couldn't go. I, I don't know if that's something that's changed, but they couldn't deliver into people's houses. They could <clears> like bring it up to the doorstep and leave it. Interesting. But, uh, you know, it's just, a they, they definitely got hit by it and they do not have the business that they had pre COVID and mm. got to wait till they have the right business. Things are looking up. I think, I don't know. I'm trying to be positive. I'm just making it up. So what's your, what's your next cool? Uh, it was a bit of a Christmas for me that, uh, I was on, I was on furlough this, this week and, uh, well last week thinking like, well, if I can just make it to Friday, I get this and run the jewels for the new album from run the jewels dropped, uh, on the third. And I've spent a lot of my workout time just pouring over that. And it's just, Man, I really, really like Run the Jewels. Uh, Killer Mike and LP. If you, I don't suppose you've ever you've watched. Uh, uh, what is it? Wait, what is Killer Mike's? What is Killer Mike's program on Netflix? Why am I forgetting this? Uh, I know what I know what you're talking about. I can't remember what it's called either. But I I know exactly what you're talking about. I can't believe I forgot that, but I'm going to get there. But uh, is yeah, it something the, you know, white is, people? No, no, no. That's no. not it. What is it then? No, I'm gonna get there. I'm I'm looking at it right now because I I'm I'm ashamed of myself. I can't believe that, that uh, fell out of me. Yeah, trigger warning. Okay. Okay. Yeah, fun. You know, real fun program. We talked about it on this show, mm-hmm. but uh, largely, um, 
But, you know, I, I, I knew about that because I was a big fan of uh, Run the Jewels uh, rap outfit. And uh, I've really enjoyed their three, their three uh, entries. And the fourth one, man, you know, it, it can be hard. Like, it, so I, I, I really struggle with uh, the idea of, like, bands, bands, new albums can really be hard for me because, you know, we develop our love for music it's it's almost inevitable that the first album we hear from a band, the first album that we fall in love with with a band, is going to be our favorite, and it's just a law of diminishing returns. I think part um, of the part of that is a band can spend you know a decade working on that first album, so they've poured everything they have into you know this first thing, and then it comes out and it's amazing. Just think about like. Uh, stuff from the 90s when we were young and you their first album you're like whoa this is outstanding and then the second one you're like uh this is okay you know because they don't have the 10 years to put into it so i mean they're growing creatively they they have more knowledge and they have more tools of how to do it but it's probably not taking 10 years like like it was before yeah well maybe maybe i don't know i i just know that like you know, bands I love, <coughs> excuse me. I mean, there are albums like um, uh, Bad Religion put out an album recently that I really enjoy, but it just uh, it doesn't hit me like their, their 90s albums that I was super into. I think also when you're and, young, I, I think it's because your brain is still forming that those things just stick in there a little bit and they're more. Um, oh, yeah. What's the, so it it, they're more impressionable upon you when you're young. It super gets tied to nostalgia mm-hmm. and things like that. And like, I'm not, you know, I'm not discounting that, but like, um, you know, so it's, it's, uh, you know, we'll talk about another thing that's getting a third installment in a few, in a little bit that like, uh, I'm going to have a lot of expectations and the property that like, like, we'll just say the Bill and Ted three uh, trailer came out and those two movies that I like specifically, I, I have a lot of fondness for bogus journey and I'll go into three wanting something that you know i don't i don't know that they're they're going <laughs> to put enough time and effort into bill and ted 3 to really match what a 43 year old me and, and that's also another thing is you fall in love with something and as you get older your expectations change but you're still in love with that thing because of the time in your life that it hit you and then when another installment happens that time of your life isn't there. And then also you have evolved tastes. So, right. Know. Well, since but you, since I, you brought that's up a long way to go, that's okay. a long way to go to say that RTJ four, um, love it. Love Good. it. Perfectly, Good. perfectly fine with it. Um, uh, it's one of those things like, so again, a couple of the biggest drools in the universe right now, one of the things that comes around and it's a little gauche is people talking about rage against the machines. First album. And I, I spent some of last week listening to a lot of Rage Against the Machine, and uh, I think you might have, maybe you saw my post about it because I, I I'm the kind of guy who I had things to say. Whatever. I'll be honest but, with you. I have really not been on social media to the to the point that if you're if you're my cousins and you you're listening to this and I missed your birthday, I'm sorry. I've just kind of stayed off of things. Uh, so I, I missed a few birthdays from cousins, so I'm sorry for that. But uh, yeah, I've I've kind of not seen anybody's posts over the last couple of weeks. Uh, well, then I, Travis, I applaud you for 
keeping yourself away from being it's hard you know, I, I just me. yeah i think there's but there's lots of, the, of people giving their opinions nobody wants to hear mine <laughs> so one of the things that i landed on and i'll i'll try to keep this brief and not get out of control but I, it's super gauche but like listening to killing in the name uh, it hit me it hit me a very specific way and you know just listening to that album in general like i i i have always really liked rage against the machine and you know i and you know it, the sort of the sort of message they had sort kind of resonated with me but i'm i'm too dumb to have really dug deep on it but listening to it specifically is we like oh my god this album feels like it was written in you know was just written a week ago and then it kind of dawned on me like, oh, every week is this last week for people who don't look like me. I just haven't been nearly as in tune with it except for this thing going on. And then similarly, RTJ4, RTJ4, Killer Mike and LP have been talking about like, oh, no, this album, we wrote this all in 2019. But there's a lot of themes on that album that are like, uh, oh, my God, it's like this song was written for the the stuff that these riots all this stuff that's going on right now mm -hmm. like, oh that's that stuff's just always going on and we wrote songs about it and it just so happened we released where another one of these huge things like the biggest version of these things happened but you know like that's great you know tracks with a lot of people i like hey zach de la Rocha is on some of the on a, a track in that you know it's, i will say a, a buddy of mine oh. told me about a zach de, de la Rocha tweet that somebody tweeted at him to basically you know to shut up about his political opinions and keep making music and his response was you don't have to and i might get the school wrong sorry uh you don't have to have a political science degree in harvard to have oh, a yeah. political opinion uh yeah, I but that. i that, do that, have actually, a political uh, science degree in harvard <laughs> no that that's actually that's tom morello their guitar oh yeah, like, sorry sorry I got the school. No, did I get the school that's right? Fine. That's all I was worried about. <laughs> it might have been, but I saw that same tweet. It's a, it's actually like a, they put some stuff in there. Like Tom Morello is Tom Morello specifically is very much the real deal. Like, you know, like not not just some guy who was a rebellious twenty something writing music. Like his whole life has kind of had a trajectory mm -hmm. in that arena. So that's a RTJ four. Very cool. I am. Loving it and will continue to love. Maybe it. I'll check it out. Maybe I'll download all of their albums and listen to them. I mean, if you if you like kind of rap music, that's uh, I ain't no kind of rap scientist mm -hmm. by any means, but falls maybe closer on the the hip hoppy side of things. It's all really I really like it a lot. I just don't like they're not mumble, are they? I hate mumble rap. No, good. No, okay. I, I don't. I, I wouldn't can't call get. It that. I can't get with that. All the kids today yeah. are mumbly. I don't know. I don't know. What's going on? Yeah, Gabe, it's funny. Like I get into music stuff with Gabe, and like Gabe has a hard time listening to music where he can't he can't like understand the lyrics very clearly. Yeah, it, like a lot of the a lot of the punk that I'm into and stuff like that. He's like, Dad, I just I can't I get tell it. what they're saying, and I don't like it. I get it because some people are are beat people, and some people are lyric people. You know, so he's a lyric yeah. person. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to get to my my cool number two. Everybody, are you ready for my cool number two to slide into your ears? <laughs> could you be lit? Could you could dial it down <laughs> to like 30% of that eroticism? <laughs> uh, all right. I'm going to go. This is a movie that came out in 2018. Uh, it's called Hotel Artemis. It's currently streaming on Amazon Prime. Uh, 
the story behind it, uh, there's an actor, Sterling K. Brown. He's in uh, uh, Black Panther. Anyway, he starts out, he's like a bank robber. And he's with his brother and his two partners. And something goes awry. And uh, all of a sudden, uh, they have to kind of ditch out on the robbery they're doing. They, they do end up robbing a couple things. But they end up, end up in an alleyway, and there's some cops out there. And there's a shootout, and apparently the entire city is, like, in riots, which is kind of weird. <laughs> it can, it, pure coincidence, I assure you. And uh, <laughs> so they have a hotel basically for outlaws, for criminals, where they can go and get patched up because his brother ends up getting shot and and needs some medical attention. It. I don't want people to feel like this is a John Wick ripoff, but it does feel like it belongs in the John Wick universe. But yeah. that's that's as far as it goes. So they go to this hotel. It's a hotel. Um, it's run by Jodie Foster. She plays the nurse. Uh, Batiste, she's actually a doctor, but they call her the nurse. And Batista's more like the nurse or the orderly. And he helps her out and he's very loyal to her. And she's, a, I think it's agoraphobic where you're afraid to go outside. That's agoraphobic, right? Uh, I think so. I know, if I'm wrong, I I'm wrong. I that kind of scientist. <laughs> <laughs> so she's afraid to go outside. So she runs this little this little uh, outlaw hospital. In there, you've got uh, Charlie from It's Always Sunny. He's in there. Um, so which one's the Lance Reddick and which one's the Ian McShane? The uh, Ian McShane, I guess, would be Jodie Foster. And I guess Lance Reddick would be Batista. He's kind of like the assistant, but it's owned by uh, Jeff Goldblum, who is the the big bad criminal uh, in the in the town. His son is Zachary Quinto, uh, and then you've got um, oh, her name is Sophia Butella. She was in The Kingsman. Uh, she's the one that's got the the sword legs. <laughs> So she's in it. Okay. She's really cool. I mean, yeah, so, I like her. super pretty and just like you watch her and you're like, gosh, she really probably is a badass. She's very. I was so ashamed. I was so ashamed <laughs> when she showed up. I think it was in uh, Atomic Blonde. I was like, oh, she got legs. <laughs> she, she got real legs. Good God. I didn't know. She was in the, the third Star Trek movie, too. She was the alien. That had like no, the mean, the super like when I say white skin I mean like oh, albino yeah. snow okay, white skin that was no like porcelain yeah yeah okay. yeah so that she, was her huh yeah that was her well but also uh, uh, what's his name Idris Elbow got completely lost in that movie too yeah yeah but it's a lot of fun there's a lot of like intrigue because you you're not a hundred percent sure why the city's on fire and why but uh, um. Jenny, Jenny Slate shows up in the movie. She's a cop that knows J Jodie Foster from when she was a little kid and she ends up helping her. So, and it's forbidden that a cop would be allowed on this premises. And then Jeff Goldblum shows up. He's got an injury. She has to treat him while she's trying to sneak the cop out. And all these other criminals are kind of fighting with each other. It's a lot of fun. If you want to watch something, it pretty much all, almost exclusively takes place in this one building. It's one of those kind of movies, but it is a lot of fun and it's not a John wick ripoff. If you're, if you're thinking that, but, but it feels like it could be in the John wick universe. The action is not nearly what a John wick movie would be. 
there is you know some gun action and stuff like and fighting and stuff like that but it's not nearly as involved as the john wick stuff but it's a it's a fun watch so give it a try jodie foster can still act circles around just about anybody uh she really kills it in the movie so hotel artemis that's my cool number two enjoy yeah yeah and it's free if you have amazon prime so why not (laughs) i so that that is something that i definitely fall into the category of it's funny like (laughs) Like with uh, Xbox Live Game Pass, it's like, it's free on Game Pass. Like, no, you're paying a subscription for that. (laughs) (laughs) I do that all the time. I figure we get Prime just for the shipping, so... Yeah, that's where we came from, the whole... uh, um, Well, that's how I got... What was it? Um, Twitch Prime. I got, from having Amazon Prime, I got a Twitch Prime account, and I you get free monthly games on Twitch prime and uh, the library on that. I've probably got 60 or 70 games on that, that I barely ever like a lot of games that I would really love to play, That it's just that it it all like I Travis, I don't know why I ever pay money for games anymore because uh, like I, I just, I have this huge, like Travis, Travis, I need you to come rescue me from the tomb that is all of the free games (laughs) that are piled over me that I just don't have time to get to. So does Amazon own Twitch? I guess so. Everything is owned by somebody. It's weird. Yeah, yeah. Google owns something. Amazon owns... It's either Google or Amazon or Disney. (sighs) Anyway. (laughs) What's What's your cool number three? Well, you know, just talking about the Xbox Live Game Pass, um, uh, Ori and the Blind Forest was a game that I really liked. And it's in a specific lane of games that they refer to called Metroidvanias that is a split between Metroid games and Castlevanias that I don't hmm. I don't entirely understand the lineage. I know it's it's mostly between the idea of like Metroid games of you have this huge map and that is not entirely accessible to you. Like you can kind of move freely through this giant world, but you will kind of be gated by various, uh, like you have to gain certain um, talents, certain abilities to be able to get to certain parts of the map. So the story will play out of like, okay, I have to run around this area. You know, there's secrets I can find. There are, you know, money I can find. There's shops I can go to, but it's not until I find, you know, I fight the battle where I get the, the phone, like, like a uh, shadow complex was a great one of these of like, you can't get places in the complex until you've got the foam gun. Actually, the foam gun was kind of a, a way you can get through all the game. That's, that's not what we're talking about here, Travis. So I had been getting to a place where I'd been trying out a few games. And I just felt like, like uh, every once in a while I hit like a rut where I feel like, Oh, maybe I've, maybe I've gotten old enough where like my, my time is more at a premium or I've killed my attention span too much. And like, oh, maybe I just don't play games anymore. <laughs> and I've been having a struggle and I started playing uh, the second, the second installment Orion, the will of the wisps hmm. was released a couple of weeks ago. I'm like, ah, I'm going to try it. And it just super sucked me. in again, it's um, like a quick thing of like, if I say something like Metroid to you, do you kind of understand what the flow of how Metroid plays? Yeah. I remember Metroid. That? Yeah, so it's just like that, like a like a 2D plane, uh, you know, left and right scrolling. You know, you've got like kind of, uh, you know, like like small corridors that you're running through. Metroid's the and one with Samus, right? 
Sam was around. She was a, it was a girl all the time, Travis. I always thought the name was Metroid. I was like, oh, that character's name is Metroid. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Uh, Just like Zelda. I always thought it was Zelda, not Link. Zelda's the the princess. What are you talking about? (laughs) Zelda, Link, Link is Zelda. Zelda is Link is one of the bigger ones out there. Yeah, definitely. But yeah, um, so, you know, you just, it's this little creature called Ori, this little, you know, like luminescent being. Um, you run around, you're looking for it. So the first game, there was this super evil owl. I don't know, man. Like I'm, I, I shouldn't go through the whole plot. It's it's super adorable, like just gorgeous artwork. Hmm. Gorgeous artwork. Uh, the work on the score in the game is just just. It's hard not to just always use gorgeous because it's it really is just a lot of a lot of time, a lot of effort, a lot of drop dead gorgeous. Uh, I think it was. No, it wasn't Republica that taught us about Drop Dead Gorgeous, or was that garbage? Drop Dead Doesn't Gorgeous? Matter. Oh, I don't know. Did you ever see that movie? Uh, it's pretty probably good. Not. I just it's know pretty the, good. <laughs> I just know the. I just know the song. Hmm. Anyway, back to back to Samus and company. Yeah, I'm looking. It is. No, it's not that. It's, uh, yep, Re- Republica, Drop Dead Gorgeous. Check right. it out. Actually, that's my third cool. The song Drop Dead Gorgeous <laughs> from the 90s. Check it out. No, but just, um, you know, it It actually, the thing that I get about it is that these games are oftentimes, like Ori is kind of known for being challenging. It's in a lane of like, say, a Cuphead or, you know, uh, uh, some games like that. What it does, it splits a great difference especially for someone like me of this game feels hard, but it doesn't feel terribly punishing. It just feels like you are constantly just on the verge of it being too hard. Like, you know, you, you feel like you're doing good for overcoming these little jump puzzles and little uh, enemy combat puzzles. Uh, Some of them will get you in the end. Uh, Death doesn't feel too punitive. Um, You know, it just, it does. And sometimes there are sections where, okay, I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to die a handful of times to learn this thing, but I'm going to get through it. I think that's a good balance for, for like casual people like me. You don't want it to be so easy that they're, you're like, uh, that wasn't even fun. It was so easy. But you also don't want just somebody to give up, you know, difficult, but you know, easy enough that you can beat it, but difficult enough that it's actually a challenge and gets you sucked into it. There are games like a like a Dark Souls or a Bloodborne that I have a lot of respect for, but I just know that I could not have the time or patience for. Especially um, some games like that are uh, there's a reliance on you need you kind of need community mm-hmm. to kind of help figure out how to get through games like that. And I just I just don't have it in me to do that. Like they're they're really neat games. They're really uh, really uh, creative games. I just can't. I just can't. Hmm. So, Ori in the Blind Forest, you you cool with me, baby? Sounds fun. All right, yeah. this is this is my cool number three. All right, now, um, it's gonna be a combo. I'm comboing these together because they're they're kind of movies that that work together. Uh, the first one, Rocky Four. I apparently <laughs> have Mandela affected Rocky Four in my mind. I've never seen it. I thought I had. No kidding. I thought I had, 
but everything I, I remember, see, I've seen clips here and there, of course. Yeah, I was going to say, I, I, I could see how, like, by <clears throat> cultural osmosis, you would mm-hmm. feel like you had seen it. No, it, it's exactly. It's very interesting because everybody always talks about the robot in Rocky Four, And in my mind, <laughs> I could see a vivid vision of Rocky boxing a robot, like the robots training him. That is not the robot at all. It's just a, oh, no, a it's, it's a it's a giant dumb robot that that brings beer to Polly like, <laughs> and baby. Yeah, it's like Twiggy. And apparently babysits their kid while they're in Russia. Uh, yeah. So I had never seen this movie. It is really corny and really dorky, and the boxing is probably the worst in all of the Rocky movies that I've seen. And the only one I haven't seen is Rocky Five. I think Dolph Lundgren's super stiff in it. I didn't think he he did a good job as far as the boxing. So you're thinking uh, I'm I'm down on this movie. Is that kind of his debut? Uh, more or less. I think he was in A View to a Kill. I don't know if that was before or after this. He had a very small part. And then he ended up doing He-Man, of course, a couple years uh, after yeah, Rocky IV. He He-Man, he still didn't speak English particularly well yeah because i think rocky 4 was 85 and he-man i believe was 87 or masters of the universe i should say so i'm kind of down on this movie and you're thinking how's that you're cool number three well i just watched creed 2 i started it last night i finished it today and creed 2 was amazing and the way that the two movies kind of link together is why i combined them i'm not saying rocky 4 is terrible i mean it's it's enjoyable to watch but it was also i i was kind of honestly considering making it my drool (laughs) until i finished creed 2 and then i was like nah i gotta combine them together the boxing in creed 2 is fantastic the story uh about how they get to the fight how they get to the second fight spoiler alert between um it's victor drago and adonis creed uh, is really good, but the actual fight, the way the movie ends, it if this is the last of the Rocky slash Creed movies, the way it ends, I'm fine with it because it ties the Adonis Creed story and his progression up with a nice little bow, and it ties up the Rocky Balboa and and what's going on in his life with with a nice little bow. But like I said, the boxing in it is really good. And just the, there's a, there's a relationship between uh, Adonis and Rocky that it's a very fatherly relationship because, you know, of of course, Apollo Creed died in Rocky four and then Rocky's got a, a Rocky relationship with his son. So he, he doesn't really see his son and he had never met his grandson, things like that. So Adonis kind of takes the place of, of Rocky's son. Rocky takes the place of Apollo Creed as Adonis's father and just the relationship that they have. And there's some really like emotional moments where they're both pretty much broken down as people and realize that they, they do need each other and they love each other. And it's, I don't know, it, it almost teared me up a little. I got a little, I got a little uh, eye juice, but nothing nothing rolled down, which is which is good because I don't like to feel anything. But it is it's a lot of fun, and just the way the way it wraps up, I, I was really happy with. So, yeah. and it's it's streaming I, on Amazon Prime still, so watch that for sure. 
I really liked Creed to the point that I'm afraid to watch Creed Creed Two. I think I think I, it's better. We talked about it a little bit with the Last Blood mm-hmm. thing of like I like I think John Rambo did a pretty about as good a job as you could expect for um, a character who got kind of a lot like started with this really strong message about like PTSD and mm-hmm. you know kind of left behind soldiers and then uh, much like Rocky because it sounds like it did with Rocky Ford got lost in the 80s and became something that something wildly different and then like John Rambo and Creed came back around and said oh no because because Rocky 5 is dumb as hell too yeah I haven't seen that one Rocky five's pretty like Rocky four is dumb, but at least entertaining. And mm-hmm. Rocky five is kind of, kind of sad. <laughs> I think Rocky Balboa and then the two Creed movies are honestly, they're the best produced, best looking. Of course, people are going to say Rocky is the best of all of them, but these are the, the most well-made films. Oh yeah. It Creed seems is- like a film. Like the fighting in Creed gets you, so, like the fighting and the training in Creed mm-hmm. get you so pumped up. It, the, the weird thing about this is it actually, it kind of makes you feel bad for, for uh, Victor and Ivan Drago a little bit. You know, they're still the they're the bad guys. They're the they're the dirty heels, but there is something where you're like, wow, uh, you know, they they've kind of had a, a rough go of it. it. Brigitte Nielsen is in there. Uh, I'll just spoil. Do you want me to spoil it for you? No, that's fine. She ditches them after because uh, I, I guess she stays with Ivan for a little bit, but after the loss to Rocky, it pretty much ruined his life. His whole con- the country turned their back on him. Whoa! Careful uh, there. <laughs> she gives she gives uh, birth to Victor, and then kind of ditches both of them, and he doesn't even know her really. He, she's just a stranger to him. So, it, I mean, you can kind of see that, the, you know, he's got some depth to him. It's not like you you root for him, but at the same time, you're like, okay, I, I kind of get where he's coming from, where he just wants to take this, he wants to take out, basically, and punish Rocky by taking out Adonis Creed <clears throat> for ruining the life he could have had. Does that make sense? Yeah. But it, it's a really well-made movie. I would suggest it was one of those things where I was like, I need, I want to watch something that's going to make me feel good. <laughs> so I put on Creed I, too. Cause, and it did, it, it made me feel good. I enjoyed it. Like we, like we talked about recently, like uh last blood is, I worry about Creed in the same way that last blood confirmed my fears of uh, Stallone just can't let a good ending happen with his characters. This one got me. It this one really got me. It so I was happy with it. And again, one of the complaints that I remember you saying about Last Blood is that just it seemed low budget. And this yeah, movie this yeah. movie does not seem low budget. This is it's got all the spectacle. I will say the the most redeeming quality of Rocky Four by far is James Brown singing Living in America. Oh man, yeah. That that is just so pro wrestling. I loved it. He's out there singing. Apollo's coming down on this giant statue. There's fireworks going off everywhere. Oh, it was awesome. <laughs> but the robot was stupid. The robot is so 
the I robot can't believe that I, 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 I kept thinking he was training with a robot. That's what apparently I never but, saw. It. It's so weird. Like I said, I mean, it get it gets lost in the eighties of <laughs> this. This is not in reality anymore. When I was watching it, this is not a this is not a story being told that's in any way rooted in reality. There is a babysitting robot. <laughs> Uh, when I was watching it with, with my, my son Brady, I said, well, if you ever wondered what it was like to live in the eighties, this movie should give you a pretty good idea because that is the most eighties movie. Ah, <laughs> uh, anyway, that's our, that's our three cools and a drool. That's first time we've done it. We're, we'll try and stick with it. See, maybe it'll expand. I don't know. Yeah. It, yeah. Should we touch yeah, on a few? We're, we're still in the weirdest time of my life. So Yeah. No, I get Just it. to say where things will go. Real quick, about the only news that there is to talk about, we kind of, we kind of, you know, touched on it a second. It's the Bill and Ted Face the Music trailer. What did, yeah. what did, what did you think? I will say, like, I, God, I said like so much. Good God, <laughs> stop. I need to, like, stop that. But uh, I... You know, I think the I think that uh, I keep wanting to call Jonathan Winter. It's it's Alex Winter. <laughs> Alex Winter, yeah. Alex Winter and Keanu Reeves are too adorable for this not to be. Oh, by the way, I did not. I forgot about the Doom Patrol who showed up. Uh, Ed Asner shows up in Doom Patrol. <laughs> what? Ed <laughs> Asner. Oh, oh, up himself shows. Wow. His... Yeah, up. Anyway, excuse me. Um... <laughs> what was I even talking about? Okay. Uh, Bill, and Bill and Ted. Uh, I think that the those two are too powerfully positive at this point to it not to work out. But like seeing the progression of the trailer that isn't super clear. Because I, I think we already knew the plot was going to be that Bill and Ted never really manifested the destiny of bringing right. together the world with the their wild song. stallions. Yeah. And you know, I hey, it, I'm up for it, man. Yeah, it do, know, it doesn't give away the whole plot of the movie, which is nice. We know they have daughters involved some at some point. Alex, oh, Travis! Alex Winter is a very well respected movie maker now, so I, yes, I gotta yes, I gotta hope. That's what gives me hope about this. If he had just been like, if he was like, don't take this the wrong way, but Jason Mewes just kind of waiting for <laughs> this to happen then I would be like, mm, I don't know. But yeah, he's been doing things behind the scenes. It's not like he's out of the movie business. He's just behind the camera. So I, th I think, yeah. I think it's got, uh, some potential. I will say, um, Keanu Reeves with no beard. Yeah. looks old. Yeah. I've, I've <laughs> heard that from, I, I saw a quote about someone talking about that. Uh, um, earlier today that just said like Keanu Reeves is one of the rare people who looks younger with a beard. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And I never would have thought that, but that's why John wick has a beard because he, he you can tell, I mean, he's in his fifties. He looks great for in his fifties. Yeah. It's not even a yeah, knock. He, he looks yeah, his age yeah. without a beard. Without, How about that? I was going to, I was just say without a beard, he looks mid forties. <laughs> yeah. He's probably still looks younger than me, but <laughs> yeah. So you know, ain't mad at that at all. But uh, the the little plot point of Jack, Keanu, and uh, and Alex Winter in prison, I got a good <laughs> laugh out of that. Yeah, I don't know where they're going with that, but it does look funny. 
William Sadler being back, because I, I really think what my favorite thing about Bogus Journey is the send-up of uh, Seventh Seal with William Sadler's mm-hmm. death. He's so... He like the all his character is so like he's such a good foil. <laughs> and, like, or, or, I don't even know if I use that right, but it's so it's so fun watching them dunk on him and Melvin him and it'll know, it'll be so. interesting to see what they do with Rufus. If there's there's yeah, got to be some sort of little tip of the hat, they'll have to address that somehow. Yeah. Um, uh, I hope Station doesn't come back. Station was by far the worst part of bogus journey it was a bad i it was a bad idea to try and make something trying to make fetch happen that did not work out yeah but uh you know looks fun i'm super excited for it i i hope that the two daughters can can land i know that's one of those things that you know is is as dumb as it sounds is controversial but uh but i i hope they both land in the way that uh watching uh Watching the Jane Silent Bob reboot, I felt like I felt like Kevin Smith's daughter didn't really hmm. land as like I, I want to see more of this character's story or anything. Right. And I hope I'll be able to see it in a theater. That would be nice. Yeah. Yeah, well we'll see. <laughs> we'll see, Travis, the world. We I mean, will look, see. man, you you can go see things in a theater right now if you want. Well, they're not open, are they? No, you can you, it takes a little work, but you oh, can Oh yeah, the you theaters. can rent the theater, I guess, for twenty of your friends. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, if yeah. that's what you're into, it's like seven hundred and fifty dollars. So I think I'll pass. Good gravy. Well, hey, <laughs> not, just saying, Travis. If you want to see something in the theater, it, there there is a way. <laughs> that's true. Before we head out, I just want to touch on Holy Moly, getting better and better oh, yeah, every week. Right. Oh my God, Holy Moly! <laughs> Holy Moly is so much fun this season. They have upped it so much. Like they're oh, yeah, killing dude. it. So that- funny. That number who that like we're in agreement, right? Number two hole, there is no way people get across, right? I I I would just it is impossible lower my shoulder and fight through. But there was a guy on the last episode that was like taking them on one at a time, trying to push them back and move by, and even oh, really? he didn't get yeah, even he didn't get through. <laughs> I haven't watched the most recent episode, oh, really? but like there's a spot oh, in God. there where they can't stop laughing. The announcers they're they're laughing for about. 45 seconds it seems like just that's great laughing it's it's a lot of fun those two guys are super and this season they have not they have not fixed the problem entirely but they have animated uh steph curry so that (laughs) he actually emotes and moves his hands Mm -hmm. uh i forgot if we've talked about this yet but do you get the impression that the winner and steph curry never meet that those are separately recorded yeah, I, I, I honestly do think that, and it's probably for the best and, <laughs> because it was pretty boring. And I got to think that he probably filmed all those within an hour. Like, he, they probably brought in all of the winners on one day, and they filmed them all together. I don't think he was there every week. <laughs> Let's put it yeah. that way. So it's, it, it's better with which it is, an, animated. Which is which is fine because God love him. You know, he is the reason that we have this thing. Mm-hmm. He is he's a dud yeah he is a dud in that department yeah oh that's what we did we did talk about it because of uh your boy long john lovitz oh yeah i got i got a recommendation for you it's it's a newer show i know you like the the titan games is that what it's called yes with the rock i haven't watched any of that either though so 
so there's a new one called Ultimate Tag, and it's not silly. Oh, I, it's not silly yeah, like right. Holy Moly, but there's these courses. They're basically just play, playing tag, but these people move like cheetahs chasing gazelles. I can't believe <laughs> the the things, the way they jump around and move around these things. I, it's like it if when you see it like. Remember in Casino Royale when they're doing all the parkour and you're you're like, yeah, but in real life it wouldn't look that way. Well, maybe it would because the way these people move, you're like, I didn't know a human being could just glide over things like that. It's pretty impressive. It's not funny or anything like that, but just watching it, you're like, this is pretty cool. Yeah. Well, maybe I'll give that a go. It's entertaining enough. If they, I, they should make it a little more fun, to be honest, but it it's fun. So give it a Anybody try. In- yeah. Anybody who so who's involved with that? Anybody or a football player named JJ Watt, and then his two brothers are are the hosts, and then it's just they've got a a, a cast of um I don't know if they call them taggers, but they're they've got like uh wrestling heel names, <laughs> so they're kind of they're it's a <sighs> little wait, like wait, American wait. Gladiators. I think one of them <laughs> oh, is called like okay. Okay, you're start. You're you're really bringing me around on this now. You one of them, I th- the holy name of American gladiators. <laughs> one of them is like caveman, and then there's one I think called the bull, or something like that. Yeah. Okay, I'm way more into this now. Yeah. So they're they're constantly they're the ones chasing after the regular, the regular folks. So, but it's pretty fun. And then there's a there's a giant mountain course they have. It's like a one of those indoor mountains that they used to have on '90s shows like that. Remember Guts? It's kind of like that I, course I, I on don't Guts. I love it, but I, you know. But it's pretty fun, so give it a give it a try. We should probably wrap this up. Yeah. So, all right, everybody knows the drill, right? Later to the gym. <laughs> drill bit Taylor. Apparently, I don't know it. Later to the Tater at gmail.com is how you get a hold of us. Same as always. Subscribe, five star review. Give us a, or excuse me, five star rate. Give us a one sentence review. It's how we get seen. Tell a friend if you have to. We don't care. Blue Wave Theory is our music. We love them. Yes, we do. <laughs> uh, you can follow me at Travis Tate Funny. Uh, I'm not doing any shows this week. I, I opened for Josh Blue last week. It was kind of last minute, but man, they were fun shows. Those were the the funnest crowds so far since everything opened back up so if you came to those shows thanks for being awesome i here's something uh, exciting i did my first proposal on stage oh this past okay. weekend yeah it went really well actually yeah i was a little nervous about it because it's one thing if if i bomb a new joke it's another thing if i bomb somebody's proposal so but it, it worked out this Someone you know or no, someone was, ask you? Or? I guess they come to a lot of shows. They did look familiar after the fact, but uh, they, the guy just wanted to go up and propose on stage. And I'm like, do you have any ideas? And they're like, well, I don't know. Just call us up there. And I'm like, well, that that's not going to work. So at the, at the end of the show, because you know, Josh didn't want to deal with it, he's still getting into the rhythm of doing an hour-long set. This was only the second weekend he's done coming back. So I did it after after his set, and I told everybody, if you guys can all just hang on for a minute, we've this is something we don't usually do, but we've got a, a lady in the in the crowd. Um, uh, she works ten months out of the year. She's in Antarctica, and she's she's here for two months visiting family, and she's always wanted to try doing stand up. So we're gonna bring her up, have her tell a joke on stage. 
So I call the lady's name. She has no idea what's happening. She doesn't work in Antarctica. I made that up. Um, so she comes <laughs> up on stage and I said, okay, I lied to everybody. The only reason, uh, I said anything about Antarctica is because I wanted to ask you this. And I said, do you have nieces or nephews? And she goes, yes. And I said, well, it's too bad your name isn't Arctica, because if you were, if it was, they could call you Antarctica. And it was just a stupid ah. joke. Yeah, it was just a stupid dad joke. And then I said, all right, I got to be honest, your husband put me up to this. And uh, she goes, oh, I'm not married. And I said, you're not married? Well, let's take care of that. And I said, Jeff, come on up here. And then she started like crying and he comes up and gets down on a knee and opens up the, the case and everything. And the crowd's going nuts and she's going nuts. And it worked out really well because it was just this nice little swerve. Like people are like, why is he doing this to this poor woman? Why, why did he pull her up here and tell all these lies? So, but it worked out really well and I'm happy for them. So congratulations to them if they're listening to this. Oh, well, nice. Good on you, man. No, I'm a real comedian. So, uh, I, <laughs> I guess I can, I guess I can be found at Jake underscore doll on the Twitters. It would be nice to have more of a reason to be a bigger, a bigger weirdo, <laughs> but, uh, I just don't, I just don't, I don't feel super motivated to be a dumbo. Yeah. So I guess if you, if you got that kind of itch, you can scratch it. You can scratch it. Bob, scratch uh, you it. were on you were on the most recent movies that make us. Yes, no, maybe so. Yeah, that was something I committed to like a month ago or so. I also ended up doing a a buddy of mine, Craig Price, has a a show called um, Matinee Heroes, and I was on his show this past week too. So you can stream that on YouTube. Uh, those are both. Uh, things that I committed to a little, a little while ago. And uh, it was actually at the time I was like, I don't know if I really want to do these just because of everything going on. It's the reason we didn't record an episode last week. I was like, I don't know if this is the time for, for me to be a moron and <laughs> try to be funny, but it, they ended up making me feel better. So I'm glad I did them. Uh, the, the matinee heroes was uh, a recasting of uh, Smokey and the Bandit. And that was fun. And then uh, the movies that make us, we ended up talking about uh, Fighting With My Family, which was a really fun movie from a couple of years ago. So thanks, everybody, for having me on those. I really uh, had fun doing those. All right. I think we're All done. Right. I think our steam has been stummed. <laughs> well, for uh, steam engines everywhere, this has been Late to the Pirate with Travis Tate. I'm Jake. And I'm Travis Tate. And better Tate than never.